expectations meet reality. Those are three of the hardest words in the English language, aren't they? Great expectations meet bitter realities. Expectations meet realities. You order a good-looking sandwich. It looked so good on the menu, didn't it? (laughs) That's the expectation. The reality, you open it up, and it just didn't look all that good. The expectation is, wow, I took a great picture. (laughs) Reality, oh boy, looks like I need a retake. (laughs) Expectations meet realities. You're ready to go on a family vacation. You, you expect that you can load everything up in your car and all look symmetrical and organized. That's the expectation. The reality is that the children are going to bring way too much stuff. Expectations. Meet reality. You expected that you would go on spring vacation and that you would enjoy great Florida sunshine. You expected that you were going to graduate from high school with all of your family and friends in a great time of celebration. Uh, You expected that you were going to retire and everything financially looked like it was running like clockwork. You expected all of the joy of Holy Week, communion on Monday, Thursday, the Good Friday tenebrae service of darkness. Uh, You couldn't wait to join your fellow believers in Easter resurrection worship with all of the joy and flowers and hallelujahs. But then what? Then, what? COVID-19, the so-called novel coronavirus. Expectations meet reality. That's what Palm Sunday is all about. The expectation, of course, (laughs) was that Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and he is going to crush the Roman occupiers. The expectation is this, this Messiah coming from the Sea of Galilee region, coming from the town of Nazareth. He's going to put everything straight and make it all work out right now. Jesus' Palm Sunday parade, though, wasn't the only parade that Jerusalem had seen that year. Historians tell us that the Romans had their own types of parades. Roman historians mark that the governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate, also led a parade or two into Jerusalem that year with his Roman soldiers and his Roman cavalry. It looks something like this. Pilate on a horse taking the lead. 
Roman soldiers clad in fine leather. Roman soldiers holding on to swords and spears crafted out of the hardest steel. Glistening golden helmets reflecting the sunshine. A drummer's beating out the cadence of the march. And the message was clear. Peace, peace is going to come through Roman military might and muscle. Famously called what? Pax Romana, Roman peace. The expectation then on Palm Sunday is that Jesus is going to have his own parade. (laughs) And he is going to save the Jews from Roman domination and occupation. That's why the people cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, Hoshiana in Hebrew. It means save us now. They expected Jesus was going to come and deliver them from the heavy boot of Roman rule. Hosanna, Hoshiana to the son of David. David, see, David would be Israel's greatest king, Israel's greatest warrior. And here is Jesus who is going to save his people with his own military might and muscle, and he will do it for the Jews right now. Hoshiana, Hosanna to the son of David. That's the expectation. Here's the reality. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, humble and riding upon a donkey. Let's unpack this verse. First phrase, behold your king. Behold your king. Here's the reality. Uh, The first word behold is a a call to attention. It it means to take note. This is the main point. Awake up. Open your eyes. Look. See. Gaze. Behold. This is super important. Behold your king. King, we're not used to thinking in terms of a monarchy, right? Not those of us who live in the United States of America who have been shaped and molded by Jeffersonian democracy. Uh, We've got three branches of government, right? The judicial, the legislative, and the executive. All, All three indicate that there's a balance of power. It's in our bones, in our DNA as Americans. A king, though, doesn't imply a balance of power at all. A king implies that he has sole authority, sole power, all rule. There's no sharing of power. He can do whatever he wants to do. Behold, take note, wake up. It's not just the king or his king or her king or their king. Your king, your king comes to you. You, you here in Zechariah's Hebrew is singular, not plural. It's you, it's not you all. The emphasis is intimate and individual. It's personal and particular. 
It's you. This is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. Behold, I call you by name. You. Individual, intimate, particular, personal. You are not just a driver's license number. You're not just a social security number. You're just not a cog in a machine. You're not destined to die and be forever forgotten. You, behold, your king comes to you. And he's what? Righteous. Righteous. A righteous king is oxymoronic in the Old Testament. Uh, Most kings in Israel's history were unbelievers, rank apostates. In the northern kingdom, there were 19 kings in that dynasty, and all 19 were unrighteous. All 19 were unbelievers. In the southern kingdom, 12 out of 20 kings uh, were unbelievers, apostates. So, so for a king to be righteous, authentic, real, genuine, is quite the cause of celebration. Rejoice, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. You singular, not you plural. And he's righteous. Righteous. Having salvation. That's what Zechariah says. Now when you have something, you can either hold on to it or give it away. You know that. You can either hold on to what you have or you can freely give it away. And this righteous king who's coming to you doesn't hold on to salvation. He's got it, but he gives it away freely, repeatedly, generously, eternally. Salvation has a name. Jesus. Salvation has a place, Golgotha. Salvation has a day, Friday. Salvation has a time, 9 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. Salvation has a cost, the blood of God's own Son. Salvation has thorns and nails and a spear. Behold, your King. The one with all authority and might, he gives it all away. (laughs) Your king comes to you, righteous, authentic, real, genuine, having salvation and giving it away. Riding on a donkey. A donkey. In antiquity, if you wanted to impress people, you wouldn't ride on a donkey. Most of you know that, right? You'd ride on a stallion, a war horse. In 1980, my father gave me a 1975 Ford Pinto. It was a lemon, a clunker, a loser. In antiquity, that would be a donkey, a clunker, a lemon, a loser. If you wanted to impress, you would come on horses and chariots. You would have like Pontius Pilate had in his parade. You would have drummers, and you'd have 
people with their swords and their spears and their bows and their arrows, but riding on a donkey? This is a different kind of king who delivers a different kind of peace. Uh, Not Pax Romana, not military peace, not political peace, but a peace that holds our hands, a peace that calms our fears, a peace that gives us tranquility in anxious times. As Zechariah not only says, behold, your king comes to you, righteous, having salvation, riding upon a donkey. But many of us know, having now spent significant time in the book of Zechariah for almost two months, understand how this peace is going to be achieved. This is Zechariah eleven twelve. They sold me, this is the king, Jesus, for cheap Cut-rate price, the price of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. Zechariah chapter 13, 7, strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 11, they will look upon me whom they have pierced. The expectation was that he would crush Rome. The reality is that he will crush Satan and death and sin and shame and hopelessness and despair. The expectation, crush Rome. The reality, a God-forsaken cross. Jesus hangs on that cross on Good Friday. Matthew 27, 37 says, they affixed a title above him, a so-called titulus in Roman Latin, and that would be the charge against him. Jesus Nazarenus Rex Idiorum, Jesus of Nazareth, King, King of the Jews. Not the kind of king people expected, but the kind of king people need. People like you. People like me. This king delivers perfect peace. And to prove it, God the Father raised his son bodily on the third day. He took the darkness of Good Friday and turned it into the joy of Easter. He took the shadows of Good Friday and turned it into the empty tomb. He took the defeat of Good Friday and turned it into the victory of Jesus who now brings peace. That's what Zechariah 9 verse 10 goes on to say, right? I will cut off the chariots from Ephraim, the horse from Jerusalem. The bow of warfare will be cut off. He will speak peace, peace, shalom to the nations. Nations, this means all people, not just the Jews, just not the Israelites, the nations. His rule will be from sea to sea, the river, Euphrates, capital R, to the ends of the earth. This king coming to you, righteous, having salvation, riding upon a donkey, he speaks peace to the nations. He speaks peace to you. And we need it. 
perhaps now more than ever. Look at this picture. It's a bunch of threads, actually. Multicolored threads without any order, symmetry, rhyme, or reason. This is what life looks like now, doesn't it? The pandemic spreads. Children are bored. Parents are frazzled. People over 60 are beside themselves. If you're a senior in high school or college, your entire world looks like it's undone. Sports fans are bummed. Anxiety is on the rise. Death stalks. Death stalks us. We just want routine. We just want something called normal. What do we get? This. This ugly mess. Jesus speaks peace to the nations. He speaks peace to you. Peace, shalom, means that only Jesus, the crucified and risen Son of God, can take all of this pain, all of this despair, all of this fear, and sew it together, shalom, put it all back together again. What does that look like? Check it out. It's a Palm Sunday tapestry. It's tapestry sewn together by all of those discordant threads. This is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus does for you. He takes all of the disorder and chaos and fear and he sews it all together into a beautiful, compelling promise that has order and symmetry and logic. And this is the promise of peace, shalom. He speaks peace to the nations. He speaks peace to you. It means this, pandemics don't have the last word. Panic doesn't have the last word. Crashing financial markets, that's not the last word. I dare say, I dare say death does not have the last word. Jesus has the last word. And his word for us today is peace. John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave to you. My peace I give you. John 16, 33, I say these things, Jesus says, I say these things to you so that you will know that in me you have peace. In this world there will be tribulation. 
but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 20, 25. Jesus speaks to them. Peace be to you. A long time ago, faraway galaxy. <laughs> I was with two of our children. Abby and Jonathan. It's time to get Abby a, a new bike. Five-year-old Abby is going to get a bike. It's going to be a blue bike with a banana seat flared handlebars. She was all excited. Jonathan came along. Jonathan thought it was time for him to get a new bike too. Said, Jonathan, you're having trouble with your old bike right now. A, a, a bigger bike will only cause you frustration, pain, and a whole lot of skin knees. Jonathan looked up at me and said, that I don't get a new bike? I said, Jonathan, someday you'll get a new bike. I guarantee it. Someday you'll get a new bike. But just not today. Jonathan pressed the issue. You mean, Dad, I don't get a new bike? I said, that's right. Not today, son. You don't get a new bike. So Jonathan screamed at the top of his lungs, then I want a new daddy. (laughs) It's times like these when, if we're honest, we want a new Savior. Uh, We want a Savior who can heal our hurts right now, who can deliver us from fear right now, who can take away the pandemic right now. We want a new Savior. Expectations meet reality. The reality is that Jesus comes in on Palm Sunday on a donkey. The reality is that by Friday, he's going to be carrying his cross. The reality is that he's going to be rejected, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. The reality is that he's going to bleed and die for the sin of the world. The reality is that prayers sometimes go unanswered. The reality is sometimes hopes are crushed. The reality is sometimes pandemics don't end soon enough. The reality, the reality is that this is going to go on, not for weeks, but for months. There's so much we don't have. There's so much we don't have yet. But there is so much we have right now. Trust Him. Follow Him. Believe Him. Behold, your King comes to you righteous, And having salvation, riding upon a donkey, delivering straight from his heart to yours, his perfect peace.
Amen.